the metaverse is something that is meant to be an immersive experience. And the other thing that sets apart the metaverse from BIM modeling or SketchUp or 3D Max and all the 3D stuff that we do every day as architects and designers is the connection to blockchain, right? The cryptocurrency, decentralization. That's Pallavi Dean, the founder of design studio Raw, who has been on a rather interesting journey over the last few years when it comes to designing in the metaverse. What we have to remember as architects, as empaths, is that we're still human. Okay, we might be interacting with the space through a web browser or through an Oculus um, VR headset, but at the end of the day, we still want an experience. We still want a journey and we want something that's relatable, right? And there's a fine balance because you could go to sci-fi and people are like, whoa, I don't get it. This is Design Pod, sponsored by Geberit a podcast that helps to cut through the noise in all things design and architecture. My name is Hamish Kilburn and as the editor of Hotel Designs, I'm always searching for the next conversation or trend that will help evolve the design and architecture landscape. One of those debates that I'm really enjoying at the moment, and to be honest with you, we just can't ignore, is around the metaverse. I've seen with my own eyes people just switch off when the metaverse is brought up in a conversation. And I think that's because there's, there's a real lack of understanding around it and so many misconceptions. So I'm hoping that this episode really clears up some of those and with Pallavi we can really help define where the metaverse is heading. I urge you to keep listening and to keep your mind open. I too was sceptical when I first heard that designers and brands were creating virtual spaces where people could interact. I mean, I was never a gamer, so I didn't think that I was the audience for it. But then I started to question how the metaverse could enhance, not replace, the hospitality experiences that we have. And that's when the conversation got interesting. Before I knew it, I found myself on a panel at a trade show called Hicks with Pallavi Dean, Emma Chu and Tim Griffin, all of whom have been pretty vocal in this area. And we started just hashing out the debate, not quite knowing where we were going to go. And as we did, I could see around the audience people just changing their stance on the topic. Firstly, and what you need to understand is the metaverse will never replace real life design or hospitality. And you know what? It's not trying to. But what if the virtual world could somehow help brands amplify their personality while also offering something new for their audience, almost like an interactive website or social media platform? So following that meaningful panel, I had to get Pallavi on the podcast somehow to continue where we left off. So to really understand what sets her and her studio aside, I started our conversation by asking more about the nature of Raw as a studio and why she decided to dabble in the metaverse in the first place. So Pallavi, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm, we've been wanting to get you on this podcast for ages and I know that we've had a bit of a logistical nightmare, all my fault in terms of like not quite understanding time zones. <laughs> to get but we're you on. here. But we're, we're here. here. We're in the moment and that's the main thing. So I think we should just start by... I really want to know more about Raw, the studio, and, and how your journey in design kind of changed when, when you set up that studio and, and what it really represents, because I think that will explain why we're here talking about the metaverse. 
Yeah, look, I always say this. I don't think the world needed another design firm, right? But I needed, as a new mom, I had a young child, I really needed flexibility. Um, and, you know, the construction industry is very male dominant, especially in the UAE. So I just kind of wanted an environment where I could be myself. I didn't have to turn off, you know, being... Uh, assertive or aggressive to be kind of a woman in a man's world. I wanted to be myself, empathetic, vulnerable, and I just wanted creative flexibility as well. And so it kind of just started as a fun, let me just start freelancing, you know, I'll pick up a project here and there. And it snowballed into this company. So it was never intentional. It just kind of happened over the years, over the last 10 years, actually. Listen, I think you have like all the qualities that every major design studio would want to have in their studio. Like you have so much energy and so much passion to what you do, but actually it works so nicely. You just having your own narrative and being able to like inject your personality into the projects that really work for each project. I mean, I see your Instagram, Palavi, and you're sort of just like the energy you have is, is crazy. <laughs> What's your secret? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? I don't know if it's a secret. People just call me like an excited little puppy, but that's just who I am. You know, I'm always kind of turned on. And, you know, I have this philosophy. You get one life, right? Live it intensely. And that's what I do. So even when I relax, I relax intensely, you know? And when I'm playing, <laughs> I bring that intensity to my work. So that's I just love that. But I think that lends itself really nicely to talk about the metaverse and, and you're the right sort of person to be, I don't know, maybe just giving us some reassurance that it's not as scary as it sounds. We were on a panel discussion, obviously, at Hicks last year, back into last year. It was probably the most um, meaningful panel discussion I did last year that we were actually talking about things that were progressive and forward thinking and talking about, I mean, I was in an arena that I wasn't too sure of. Like I had a sleepless night the night before researching. So I was like, you can't do enough research for this because it's something we don't necessarily understand where it's going. And that's scary. But that's why we should be talking about it, because to Together, we can have solutions, right? Absolutely. Look, I'm a recovering skeptic. I always, you know, looked at the Bitcoin bubble and all this talk about Web 3.0. I was like, oh, what a load of nonsense. Um, and I was like, you know, I was, I was never really convinced off the bat. And that's when it started raising, peaking this curiosity in me. I'm like, wait, before I take a stance, whether I'm an advocate or if I shoot down something, I need to educate myself. Understand and that. It right? Understand it and understand it intrinsically. In many ways, okay, you haven't been able to find a common definition either of Web3 or the metaverse because it doesn't exist. It has been evolving over the last sort of, you know, two years. But let me let me just do metaverse 101, right? I'll totally. tell you what metaverse is for me. The metaverse is something that is meant to be an immersive experience, but in its current format, it's not immersive because the minute you say immersive, people think VR headsets, that's just one or maybe two of your senses. What about smell? What about touch? None of that stuff is coming into the metaverse. So it's not truly immersive, but if you had to have one word to de define it, it would be immersive. And the other thing that sets apart the metaverse from BIM modeling or SketchUp or 3D Max and all the 3D stuff that we do every day as architects and designers is the connection to blockchain, right? The cryptocurrency, decentralization, that DAO, the autonomous organizations, and all of that blockchain technology along with the immersivity is the only thing that sets it apart from our everyday bread and butter, which is three-dimensional design. 
and it's and it's safe isn't it i mean that because there's a worry that you know you can lose currency but obviously like values go up and down in any market so that's a separate aside and obviously that's just very topical right now in this moment as we're talking however you know once you've got you know property in the metaverse it's just going to shift the same as what you would have a building in real life yeah i guess the only fundamental difference between virtual assets and physical assets is the fact that they're not tangible <clears throat> right so how can you put a value to that and mm. let's let's just go back a bit right when i'm saying to my clients hey you got to spend a hundred thousand dollars on this piece of furniture they're like great i get a physical piece of furniture mm. when i say hey you got to spend a hundred thousand dollars on two hours of my time they're like what but that's just a chat, right? We as humans always have this connection to something that's tangible and that's the fundamental difference. But of course it's gonna fluctuate, you know, as any asset would. Yeah, I think the thing that was like the aha moment for me was when yourself, Emma and Tim were on, on this panel and all of a sudden, I think it was you actually, Pallavi, you said like, look, we, we've been talking about this for years. Like, you know, social media is the very early sort of form or, or catalyst that led to the metaverse. But think of the metaverse, not as, you know, not as something scary or a place that you go to, but think of it as like an extension to your website. All of a sudden, when you look at the branding, you look at what, how much a brand could value from the audience and the reach that's out there, it makes much more sense to me. Can you just explain why we should be thinking about it in that way? Yeah, because look, the new generation is a digital first kind of gen generation. They're even more native than some of us, right? When it comes to digital technology. Now it's so important that you give them an experience which is relatable and understandable to them. So right now you have Facebook, you have TikTok, you have Instagram. All of this is two-dimensional scrolling. What if though, you know, you go on a website and you're suddenly into a 360, but not just viewing it from a browser, you're actually with an Oculus headset or you, you have some haptic gloves and you're touching the surfaces on the hotel or on the walls. Or you, you know what I mean? Like it's more engaging. It's more interactive as well. And in terms of like being overwhelmed, we are always overwhelmed with change or things that we don't understand. But if you break it down to basics, it's three dimensional modeling, which is kind of what we do. We create digital twins every single day when we're pitching for projects with our perspectives. What else is a digital model if it's not BIM modeling or if it's not the Matterport scans that we do on a daily basis? Yeah. And and when you're designing in the metaverse, I mean, you you have property in the metaverse. You have, I think you've got two, um, you've got your four. studio, four. Yeah. Four, wow. Four lots of land, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's dominating in the metaverse. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's going through your mind when you're designing these spaces is is it that much different to what you would be designing in real life because at the end of the day I think what where and another misconception people would have is when you're in the metaverse all you're looking at is the, the design of the space actually it's about you're you're still experiencing the space as you would any other like you know you're still going through an experience and design kind of just has to be there to elevate it and not be so kind of like in your face just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to maybe Absolutely, right? Let, let's take a couple of steps back, right? Why did I purchase land in the metaverse? If I'm going to be at the forefront of this disruptive kind of movement, and it's the first disruptive movement in our lifetimes, and I want to be a part of it, I need to have skin in the game. So I don't want to go to my blue chip clients and be like, hey, let me design your metaverse space without having put my money where my mouth is. So that's why I bought these four plots in Decentraland, which is a popular platform, right? And there are ways to choose a platform, like whether it's Sandbox, Decentraland, Horizon, Spatial.io, there's so many options out there. You're gonna look at traction and user rates. So I chose Decentraland. And then like you said, the tendency is 
rules of gravity do not apply. I don't have authorities. I don't have governments breathing down my neck with regulations. So go sci-fi, go crazy. What we have to remember as architects, as empaths, is that we're still human. Okay, we might be interacting with the space through a web browser or through an Oculus um, VR headset, but at the end of the day, we still want an experience. We still want a journey, and we want something that's relatable, right? Yeah. If you and there's a fine balance because you could go too sci-fi, and people are like, "Whoa, I don't get it," and I don't want yeah. that. No, I, I, I mean, I, I cycle, and the, you know, they say if you if you change anything on your bike, you need to do it within like the ten percent is like the the crucial mark. Anything beyond that, you're not going to adapt that that new change. And I think it's the same with things like the metaverse and technology like the metaverse. It's like it has to be a slow burner. And I think you know, between now and twenty years, we'll probably be like, whoa, that's a drastic change. But it has to happen quite gradually, even though it's a really progressive piece of technology and and software that's you know going to change the game. Yeah, but you know what, Hamish, the infrastructure structure is not there yet we talk about peer-to-peer networking our graphics cards and our computers are not strong enough so the metaverse is definitely a 10 to 15 year play it's not here it's definitely like i said to you we don't have haptic sensory gloves at home you said it was like minecraft at the moment (laughs) this is crucial right the metaverse in its current format is very low-fi okay extremely minecrafty voxel based very low-fi So whenever I see someone release a really sexy visual, you know, saying, hey, this is our new metaverse. And I'm like, that's a bull shot. It's actually a technical term. It's a bull shot, right? It's a a virtual reality shot that will never exist in Decentraland or Sandbox. And I hate it because I look at it and I'm like, you're scamming people. Unless you're not building your own metaverse in its current format, you can never get photorealistic, you know, renditions of your vision. So you have to, and this is why I go back to please educate yourself so you don't get sucked into the hype. Yeah, but I mean, from what we were talking about on on the panel, there's hospitality and design is is only in one sort of cog in, in the wheel. There's retail is is massively far ahead when it comes to beyond hospitality and I feel as if obviously well we both have agreed that that's going to filter into hospitality but what are you loving about what's happening in the retail world you know and the gaming as well I think that's the obvious one gaming but what what you what do you think from those we can make hospitality more meaningful and it not detract from the face-to-face that that is the preconception I think I want to get across in this whole interview is that it doesn't take away from the physical like brands like Levin for example you know they've got their physical hotels and they're beautiful and they're authentic experiences the metaverse is something different but it's not something it's not something um you know it's not one or the other right it's It's like it's it's all about enhancing the brand so what are you seeing from retail what are you seeing from gaming that you think can be injected into the hospitality arena Look, there's so many key business use cases, right? So you start with gaming. Gaming is the most obvious one. You look at what fashion brands are doing. Ralph Lauren, Louis Vuitton, Gucci. They've all got a game in Roblox or in Sandbox, right? Where they get their, um, you know, loyal customers or their digital first customers, that demographic that they're trying to reach, to have these play to earn opportunities, right? So not only are they giving away a piece of their brand and the hotels can learn from that. How can you create mm. these play to earn opportunities? What if you get an upgrade on a spa massage if you complete a little game? So gamification is a very obvious one. But in many ways, if you look at how we collaborate, you and I are 3000 miles away and we're on this, which is a very two dimensional experience, right? Collaborated, collaborative spaces, meetings, learning and development, education, 
all of that is a metaverse play. So how can hotels work on their onboarding induction program? You know, what if you could train a chef with his timing of plating and cooking in a virtual simulation as opposed to in a physical space? Like think about all the costs you're cutting and also, you know, train someone on housekeeping. You're reducing your learning and development costs. You're increasing gamification and kind of, you know, interaction with your brand, but also you're targeting the mice traveler, right? Conferences, events, functions, those are a huge revenue stream. And then let's not forget about arts and culture. You had Ariana Grande, you know, get her first Metaverse award for a, a concert. Why can't hotels put up these really sought after artists in their digital avatars and bring that to their clients? So there's so, I could go on. I can go yeah. on with these cases. There's two things to this that I, I want to ask. So firstly, we've mentioned the various metaverse. You know, you said there's sandbox, there's, there's Decentraland. Do you think that there will eventually be regulations for you know the properties or the, the people that are operating within those worlds, like to have some sort of, you know, thread to each property or, or will it all just be random and then it's just the case of deciding which? I know that each has its kind of unique selling points and style. What are those that you've sort of identified? It's such a good question, right? Because you just use the word, which negates everything that Web3 is about. You use the word regulation. Decentralized. Yeah. Decentralized content creative kind of economy. That's what the metaverse is about. It's about me as a content creator, creating the rules with the peers who are part of that platform. Okay, so I'm going to... I'm going to negate that. So regulation, I don't think that's coming in, right? That's intentional. Whoever's part of that community and whoever's part of that platform dictates the rules. Remind me of your second part of the question. So well, I got that part. Well, no, I, I mean, just, just on that, when we're mapping out urban planning, for example, you know, things have to kind of relate to each other. So do you, is it just going to be like these buildings, that one that's just completely Isolation. the opposite to another? Yeah. And this is why, you know, kind of in real life, you, you get to choose your postcode, you get to choose who your neighbors are. So maybe it becomes the same in the metaverse. I don't see this because right now people are just creating independent structures. Yeah, I agree. If, and if you don't want people to kind of pollute your environment, buy a bigger plot size, which is... Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I, I feel as if it's going to be plot-based, whereas like, you know, here on, on physical earth, <laughs> we, we only have X amount of space, like a building, for example, in, in the metaverse, you'll have like a whole island to yourself kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, I see that. Exactly, and I think the biggest problem, and you touched upon it in your question, is interoperability, okay? So let's say I own assets. I own um, my Louis Vuitton uh, digital assets in Roblox or in Sandbox, but I wanna, I wanna go to Decentraland wearing that really cool piece of kit. I can't do that right now, mm -hmm. right? Because people are creating these walled gardens. They're like, this is my game, my assets. So once these platforms start talking to each other, that is going to be a game changer. But I don't think metaverse is one thing. It's kind of like domain names. People have multiple domain names, right? And there'll be multiple multiple sort of metaverses. And back in the, was it the 80s? or No, it was the 90s, sorry, the 90s. When people were registering domain names and buying them, everybody thought these people are crazy. But look how much they stand to gain. Absolutely, no? yeah. And, and do you think that from a, a user's ability, will this content be, I'm going to call it content because that's yeah. what a website is and it's like almost immersive content. Will it will it be gated, do you think? Or do you think that anyone will be able to walk into, not, not just anywhere, obviously I think for certain things might be gated, but how accessible will it be for the user? 
So right now, it just depends on who's creating the content. So for example, in my plots, I can stop people from walking into my plots, right? I can create invisible walls through the decentralized digital asset pack and you know cordon off areas, right? So you can gate it, but the whole point of, look, the metaverse is a community-centric play. Mm -hmm. It's like a discord. The whole point is to get people there to come and interact. So why would you do that? It sounds like something the central bank wants to do. And we don't like those guys, right? We don't like mm -hmm. those finance guys. We want to create a community. We want to create, you know, a platform for like-minded people. So I don't see that happening, but I'll give you another example in the UAE, because, you know, they were looking to attract a lot of these crypto billionaires, right? And they're doing a huge metaverse play here. So they set up a regulatory body, it's called VARA, and there's a law in place now, which gives a lot of people some level of comfort, because now they know that VARA will regulate any bad things that might happen. And it also, for me as a designer, it gives me comfort that someone is watching over that. But then again, what jurisdiction does that apply yeah. to? It's such a minefield and the lawyers are trying to figure this out now. I think outside of the safety of it, because that, that will always come, you know, like I don't, I think we have to learn, we've all learned from um, the lessons of the past in terms of, you know, technology has to have that kind of safeguarding aspect of it. But in terms of accessibility, I mean, you know, look at it from another side anyone whether they're physically able or not can then experience things and experience the same everyone's on an equal level and you know for the for the sake of buying a headset which is like 300 pounds people will do that look at tim berners lee in the internet like or www world wide web once you invent that side of things the hardware will come the interesting thing for me is that it's the hardware that i think needs to change you know creating these wellness environments is one thing but if you've just got like blue light and negative light going into your mind Starting. that's not healthy whereas exactly circadian lighting well I, I hope it will change and shift and evolve but you know it takes people like you takes people like you know other businesses and brands to really get on board and to to be the first to sort of carve out the the wave what, what's what's been the most surprising aspect for you in terms of the metaverse as it currently is now and the communities that you're able to unlock okay the most surprising aspect for me is like kind of i just thought you know as architects and designers when it comes to 3d modeling we're on top of everything you know i, I went into the metaverse gung-ho but you know what it's the gamers and the programmers and the coders who are so much better off than me because when i was trying to get into and i've been trying to do this i was using a software called blender which is a free to use software right and i was trying to animate some of the stuffs and switch on the lighting and i'm like oh my god i have so much to learn so for me the surprising aspect is how much ahead of us in many ways the gaming industry is but then i also think that there needs to be a synergy they need us and we need them so we need to kind of come come together at that point this series of design pod is sponsored by Geberit. from working on hotel projects around the world Geberit understand that hotel bathrooms are increasingly being seen as a core driver of guest experience. By staying up to date with the latest trends and innovations affecting the industry, they've been able to constantly update and develop their offering to ensure that their products meet your every need and ensure guest satisfaction. I feel as if it's all about the mindset. You've worked on more than 175 projects. You've won more than 40 awards. You work in hospitality, education, residential, and now the metaverse. 
I have always said the inspiration comes from outside the parameters of our industry and having a gate now to open to now allow us to see how the gaming industry is reacting to something really quite new and retail and see what's what's working what's not this could be the common ground for us all to like work together to create just better experiences in all sectors you know Absolutely. And you know what, and and I want to go back to your first question. Another thing that I had to kind of teach myself is how cryptocurrency, the Ethereum blockchain, you know, I've just always let's let's just break it down. Then what do people have to think about when when they're thinking of even entering the metaverse? What do they need to understand in, in the sort of like the rawest terms? Okay, in the rawest terms, first of all, it's like what I did there, raw. Yeah, I, I, I picked up on it. That's why I repeated my it repeated your words. First of all, understand the concept of the metaverse, right? That it is three-dimensional modeling. We're already in it. We're doing it. Understand the hardware. So there is some hardware that you need, like a graphics card, a computer, like Max, for example. They're not compatible with Decentraland, right? Stuff like that. So understand the hardware that you need to access these browsers or these platforms. Number three you need to understand the blockchain. You just need to understand. Because I had to set up a crypto wallet. I was like, what? After trade cryptocurrencies, I had to take hard cash, convert it into Ethereum, then buy the local currency of Decentraland, which is called Mana. But it was fascinating. Because sometimes as designers, we get so siloed. Let's talk about materials. Let's talk about uh, spatial planning and geometry. And we just get so stuck in our little world and forget that there's all this other stuff happening there. Or maybe... Other people are more evolved than me and they knew all about crypto, but I had to educate myself, set up a crypto wallet. So I think if you cover those three grounds, I think that's the biggest thing that, that scares that's the biggest thing that's, that's scaring people right now is the the crypto warrior, the block blockchains, the terminology, and also it's not tangible to to have, you know, it's, but bank accounts aren't anymore either. So what's the difference? <laughs> What is the difference? You are interacting with your bank on your phone. That's what a crypto wallet is. It'll take you less than five minutes to set up a crypto wallet. But please don't go out and buy cryptocurrency till you really understand. You need to understand. Yeah. Please. You need to know what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You just, with anything, I wouldn't advise you to go buy real estate if you didn't understand the market. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, it's like any asset class. Understand the pros, understand the cons. Get someone to advise you. There's so many free tutorials out there. That's how I learned, right? I taught myself. I attended a couple of courses. But really immerse yourself into it because within a week, you could be a pro or not a pro. And the blockchain makes it secure, doesn't it? Absolutely. So you have smart contracts. So every single transaction is traceable. Traceable, yeah. Yeah. Which in many ways makes the metaverse way more secure and way more safe. I mean, maybe even as safe as conventional banking, right? Safer. Yeah, totally. How has working in the metaverse without, you know, any boundaries in terms of what you can design? Obviously, there are guidelines to what you're working on, who you're working with. But how has that helped sort of give you confidence in the real world when you're designing or maybe like push the boundaries even further? Or has it? I don't know. No, I think the one thing that it's made me conscious of, right, is that kind of immersive angle, because I don't think there's anything different in the real world or the virtual world. But it's made me think about, because I'm, I'm getting so much into gaming now, it's made me think about how can I make my physical space interact with the physical user as I would in the metaverse? Like what kind of interactive element can I have here that you touch and something happens or, you know, that it interacts back with you. So that's changed. And the immersivity, those two things, interaction and immersivity have started appearing more in my work kind of unconsciously. 
Yeah, I think when we talk about hotels, I mean, you know, not every hotel is going to adopt this this technology or, or you know, the metaverse. But when lifestyles like introduced, like every brand at the moment is trying to differentiate themselves in a way, like lifestyle brands, and and they're all kind of colliding into each other. You know, using the same materials, or using the same styles, or being inspired by the same eras of design, like. The metaverse, I think, could open things up to just be so interesting. And I kind of go back to thinking about like online dating. Do you remember when we started like swiping right and swiping left? It was like, what are we doing? Too old, Hamish. Too old. No, not that. But like, it's a transactional (laughs) world, right? But all of a sudden, you could open up like you know a space in the metaverse where it's just like taking it actually back a bit, and it's about like experiencing and just enjoying the space within you know that land. You know, I've always said this. If you really want to understand the metaverse, watch this movie called Ready Player One or read a book called Snow Crash. For sure, right? it, yeah. It breaks yeah. it down. But what is interesting is when do people in all of these dystopian movies, when do they escape to the metaverse? When their reality is really bad, okay? So the metaverse is almost this kind of escapism, this fantastical world, you know, where, where you could be in multiple planets and there's multiple suns. So brands have to keep that in mind don't duplicate realities to such a large extent. Of course, don't go too far and make it sci-fi. You have to keep it relatable. But that's what people are seeking. They are seeking that escapism, which is not part of the ordinary. And like you said, it's a great way to set yourself apart. Could you create, you know, what would it be like to be in a hotel in Mars? You know, why isn't, why aren't people doing that? Or why am I not buying? Yeah. And it could inspire the future, you know? You know, we're all talking about space hotels and this, that, whether it happens is another story. But, you know, how cool would it be to like go to Mars within 10 minutes of logging in? <laughs> I know. Right. And, and I think, you know, some in some ways, like the physical world is inspiring the metaverse. Wouldn't it be interesting if it flipped on itself? Like I said, intuitive, interactive, immersive. That's coming into my physical spaces. What else can that digital world or virtual realm bring into my bricks and mortar projects? Yeah, a few years ago, I heard the terminology, the democratization of everything. And essentially, that's kind of where social media is going, where everyone can be someone, everyone can have a platform. I'm just going to ask the question, but with the metaverse and being able to, obviously, property costs money, but being able to purchase land, can anyone therefore then own a brand and be a hospitality pioneer in the metaverse, as opposed to in real life, when you have to have, you know, certain investors and, and things cost money, like, you know, day to day, like water, electricity, what have you. Yeah. Is the metaverse just going to open it up and everyone's just going to have their own universe that people can, you know, Experience. enjoy their hospitality within? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, land is not that cheap either in the metaverse, sure. right? So obviously that, that'll be the only limitation, but you're so right. The op- but cheaper than real life. Exactly. And the OPEX is much, much lower. So you don't have to pay staff. You can create little digital avatars, no housekeeping. Yeah. (laughs) Great. No bad reviews. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No bad reviews. Oh my God, that'd be so good. No, maybe. No, no. Look, it's a community. Yeah, but then. Yeah, but I then think that, you know, design just has to work harder when there's no, because it's less about the service and more about the experience that's being given to you as a space, right? Whereas in the physical world, I think the face-to-face and human connection with someone will never go away. Like, you know, robots never really worked within hotels, naturally and obviously. But that's it. That's the key. The metaverse isn't trying to replicate the real world in terms of like, here's your service, here's, here's what we can give you in the real world. It's just to say like, 
we're also doing this as well like yeah, enjoy yeah. that if you want that today but if you want to come and invest you know time and energy and effort and money then come and experience us tomorrow it's almost like an extension of the physical brand like we said earlier they're not mutually exclusive you need both because we're social animals we're back animals right we need each other to interact with and bounce ideas off or to meet you know to socialize so we're never going to just be in the virtual world yet but in 10 15 years when we have haptic sensor technology and all five senses are stimulated maybe we will and our skin doesn't age how good would that be <laughs> that would be so good because both are expensive absolutely i really have to just take my hat off to you because you're you've just you're you're out there and you've you've it, it's a scary world and it's a scary you know world to be be one of the first but you're really in that in that wave of people that are just unapologetically there and if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't and it's all about the experience i just want to really make it really obvious that you're just not it's not just the metaverse where you design in and i want to kind of understand and what are you working on at the moment? Because I look at your Instagram, you're you're always on site, you're always on projects. You're, I know you do a lot of residential, high-end residential within within Dubai and, and worldwide as well. But you know, what, what's really exciting at the moment with the projects you're working on in the real world? Wow. I look, nothing for me, like being a construction site, that's my happy place, right? So the matter is <laughs> such it's so far away on my list, right? So right now we're doing a couple of hotels. We're doing one in Rabat, Morocco, a fantastic um, kind of resorty hotel. We're doing a business hotel in Islamabad. So those are my two big kind of hospitality projects. We're doing a law firm in Dubai. Uh, we're doing a really, um, can I say that? Maybe it sounds a little bit cocky, but whatever. Okay, I'm just going to put hey, it out Go for there. it. Enjoy, like, we're, doing, we're doing a couple of business billionaires and celebrity homes, right? So when I do residential, I like to treat them almost like a boutique hotel. So I only take projects of a certain kind of scale, but I love having the variety. I love being on a commercial project with lawyers or, you know, we're doing a PwC office and then flicking back to, you know, Ramada and then flicking back to the celebrity lifestyle, you know, and I'm like, wow, it's so exciting to be a designer today, right? And then flicking back to, you know, UOB Bank that we did the metaverse space for. So I love kind of that variety that my job, Absolutely. I love my job. <laughs> yeah, and I, I felt, well, especially within residential, I feel as if, you know, when they select their designers, they're, they're really sort of paying for the energy as well. And the, the whole kind of, it's not, it's, it's a process from start to finish. And it is with hotels, of course, but it's so much more of a personal journey when it comes to residential. And I think what you're trying to inject in hotels is that little bit of celebrity lifestyle, but muted down in a way that it works for the brand. And then, you know, for the, for the celebrities, they kind of want that. It, it all kind of merges within each other, which is why I think it's such a great time to be talking about, you know, crazy out there things like the metaverse in design. Yeah. And also it's really interesting, you know, Hamish, when you have like a residential client, which is, a you know, when you're working with hotels, you have a brand guideline, you have a book, you've got to stick to the rules and, you know, kind of work around them. But with a residential client, you know, I have a client who's a maximalist. Okay. We're talking about decorning wallpaper everywhere, massive last sweats, chandeliers. Oh my God. And then very classy that we've done it. So it's very No, classy. I love it. Sounds great. <laughs> And then on the other end of the spectrum, I have this Emirati influencer, right? Uh, beauty brand, global beauty brand head, who's a super minimalist. So it's kind of fluctuating between those two worlds. It's so much fun. I think that's 
better though than having two clients that are the same because oh, you you want to create juxtapositions within your work and you want to make them personal to everyone and that is actually the talent of the designers these days be able to really understand the mindset of what they want and put that into a, a design scheme Palavi what does your house look like are you oh maximalist God, yeah. or are you minimalist I think you're a minimalist no with pops of color I don't know what I am. I can't define myself because I wake up, <laughs> my house is very minimal, right? I mean, I'm speaking to you from my home right now. So everything's white. It's all white, but there are pops of color because I yeah. do love color. But I think, I don't know. It just depends on the, I think I change every two years, you know? That's kind of trending, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like new ideas, new inspiration. <laughs> have to keep your base canvas right my base canvas is very neutral okay and i'd be and you know a building is for 20 years so my home will be here for 20 years after i'm gone so it has to have some basic elements of design symmetry balance all of that kind of stuff but everything else is personality and tastes change and evolve and i think that's all right and, and you live in Dubai. What, what's it like being a designer in Dubai? There's like less parameters, I think, in terms of creativity and opportunities that are there for you as a designer. Look, this is my home. I was born here. Besides working in London, I've always worked here. For me, Dubai is fast paced. Okay, that's the only difference between working here in Africa or anywhere else that I've worked in, in the UK as well. But I love that. I love the intensity. Like I told you, I live life intensely. So I love the energy and the pace of work. And you're right. In the UK, when I worked in the UK, it took me 18 months to realize a project, which here I could realize in three months. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying that I enjoy the pace here. And you were on a, um, a BBC documentary about Dubai. I can't remember what it was called. What was it called? Play, Playground for the Rich and Famous. They picked the there wrong person, go. obviously. Playground for the Rich and Famous. But you said something in that that actually really resonated with me. It was something like people think Dubai lacks creativity. That that's complete nonsense. There's there's so much happening, and it may not be in the history of the place, you know, because it is very new and up and coming. But the people and the variety of people, like the variety of projects, like that, just must be so inspiring day by day. It's kind of like London. Honestly, I remember living in London and thinking, wow, this is such a cosmopolitan city. I could meet someone from Greece and the next minute someone from, you know, Africa. And Dubai is exactly the same. Of course, sure. there's a cultural and religious kind of backing to it, which is different from London. But it's interesting and it's exciting. Yeah. And when it comes to tech and, you know, and design and architecture, things are like always on the way up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Pallavi, we've run out of time, but well, I've just had so much fun talking to you. And I feel as if we need like a catch up every couple of months for me to just understand like what, what's Pallavi working on and what's she, what she doing next? <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so having. much. No worries. And we really look forward to following your journey. And, uh, you know, when something pops up next in the metaverse, let us know because we want to get all over 100%, 100%. that. 100%. Thanks, Thanks so much. See you Ciao. soon. Bye. I just love how open and honest Pallavi is around all of this. With the metaverse not being tangible, it's a topic that can so easily stray into confusing territory. Pallavi really is leading by example and putting her money where her mouth is by owning multiple properties in the metaverse. And I hope that my interview with the designer clears up some of the hearsay. As an editor and someone who is always searching for meaning in the hotels that I review, I'm intrigued to see how brands will be able to offer something new by using the metaverse. Personally though, I have to say, I think it'll be a few years before I really get on board. Between now and then, Gen Z, take it away. 
And that concludes this episode of Design Pod, brought to you by Hotel Designs and hosted by myself, Hamish Kilburn. I would like to thank Geberit for being our series sponsor, as well as our producer, Mel Yates. A special thanks to Pallavi Dean, the founder of Design Studio Raw, for being my guest on this episode. Join us next time where I'll be meeting Derek Jobert, an award-winning wildlife filmmaker who also, with his wife Beverly, designs probably some of the most interesting safari camps across Africa. And they do this always by starting with nature. If you don't want to miss a single episode of Design Pod, then feel free to subscribe and give us a cheeky five-star rating. Thank you and see you soon.